Here we are again. This is Corey, and this is the Other Anthem Podcast. Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 369 of the Other Anthem Podcast, coming to you from the hashtag OTA LA Studios. Hi, by the 110 Freeway in downtown Los Angeles, California. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash the Anthem. And of course, we are joined by producer Roberto, who is on the ones and twos, as it were. And of course, producer Brooks is here as well, because... He's a refugee, and uh, his mother refuses to stand up for him and fight. <laughs> he just licked my leg. <laughs> Support. So uh, we uh, have a lot to get to, but we are going to try. We're going to try. We're ta- making our efforts to make this uh, a one-hour show, which is what it's supposed to be. <laughs> so uh, let's say hour, 10 minutes. I think we can give an hour and 10 minutes. Right off the bat. It depends on how many, uh, how many sidetracks we go yes. off on, too. So. Well, and I was going to say, uh, much like uh, we're going to plan for a uh, $600 billion plan and $4 trillion. Uh, that's how that's <laughs> going to end up. Uh, but really, I ask you, Corey, what is $4 trillion between friends? I mean, you know, $4 trillion isn't quite the same as it used to be, if you will. So <laughs> That's also true. Yeah. Back in my day, when you wanted $4 <laughs> trillion, you had to really work for it. $4 trillion, you might as well sell the moon. Actually, I think we got to the moon for less than four trillion dollars. So that was an expression I used to hear. The from who? Sell the moon? What? From who? There was somebody I knew who used. I was to. gonna say, was that a Bill Baker? Because that I feel like no, that would be a Denzel Cheek. That's a Denzel Cheek if I've ever heard one. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't my dad. I don't remember who it was. Though, yeah, so. yeah. But uh, yes, four trillion dollars doesn't get you as far as it might have in the past. Uh, what it does get you is some jobs, uh, some programs for kids. A revamp of the IRS, and I'm going to suggest to everyone in Congress, if there's one place you can cut, let's cut right there. Just, we don't need the IRS at all. I think we just cut their budget completely. Um, Why don't we put some of this investment into sovereign citizenship? I am down <laughs> for that. Yeah, uh, a couple of laws on sovereign citizenship, and we're all good. But uh, we are going to invest in roads and bridges. We are going to invest in buildings and other infrastructure. Uh, this is the portion of the green new deal that's actually going to get done if anything's going to get done and um uh preschool uh universal preschool for all kids in the united states which is unbelievably progressive um and a lot of uh, other programs kind of uh i guess um it's a all-encompassing bill with a lot of things in it much uh, akin to even though we are avoiding talking about it as the new deal it, it's the new deal it's jobs and infrastructure, and taking care of people. That's what we're looking for. Yeah, I mean, you know, just a a quick list here. Uh, We have fix highways, rebuild bridges, upgrade ports, airports, transit systems. Uh, Deliver clean drinking water, a renewed electric grid, and high-speed broadband to all Americans. Build, preserve, and retrofit more than 2 million homes and commercial buildings. Modernize our nation's schools and child care facilities and upgrade veterans' hospitals and federal buildings. Uh, solidify the infrastructure of our career economy by creating jobs and raising wages and benefits for the essential home care workers. I'm getting this from the White House, by the way, in case you're wondering why it has this uh, smile on its face as it's saying all these things. Yes. Yeah. Uh, revitalize manufacturing, secure U.S. supply chains, invest in research and development, and train Americans for jobs of the future. Create good quality jobs to pay prevailing wages and safe and healthy workplaces while ensuring workers have a free and fair choice to organize, join a union, and bargain collectively with their employees. So I do, I want to point out one very important thing. We asked maybe three weeks ago for the U.S. to start nation building 
here in the U.S. And I am so glad that somebody in the administration is listening to the show and they are saying, you know what? Yes, we should start nation building. Uh, Because basically what they've described is what the military budget has been spent on for the last, I don't know, two decades in other countries. Um, Building roads, bridges, and hospitals. and Basically just building up a country and uh, investing in the children and the education of the children of the country and uh, in technology and in it, just infrastructure in general. I know we think of roads and bridges, but it's it's that and more um, mm-hmm. electrical grids and uh, you know uh, gas. Uh, you know Texans who may have had a problem over this last year would be. Oh wait, no, you guys don't get the money because you're not <laughs> on the federal grid. Well, and broadband in general. I mean, like that's that's a huge thing as far as uh, uh, connecting parts of this country that are not as connected. If you live in New York or Los Angeles, you have a very different. Uh, interpretation of the access of internet that people who are in the middle of Iowa do not have the same sort of... If you live in parts of New York or Los Angeles, because uh, I can tell you that uh, there are some neighborhoods in, I don't know, Brooklyn, Queens, not the ones you're thinking about. The ones that have been gentrified recently, super high-speed internet. Um, The ones that aren't gentrified yet, or, oh, I'm sorry, the ones that some hipsters would refer to as not yet gentrified. Yeah. Um... They don't have such great access to Internet. So it's unfortunate, but that's the reality. Um, when you treat something like it's not uh, or when it's a commodity and not uh, a utility, commodity, not utility. Yeah. It causes a problem. If we said, hey, uh, electricity should just basically be made available in the way that the electric company can make the most money. Those areas also would not have electricity. Uh, gas. Same way. Um, the government has to get involved and say, no, 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 everyone needs equal access to these things because that's how you, you know, have a society. And now we're finally doing, even though we're not making broadband a, um, a utility, what we're doing is saying, Hey guys, we would like, uh, to pay you to, to produce your business somewhere, which I, it occurs to me when a government invests heavily in the private sector and then has the private sector do their work. There's a word for that. I can't put my finger on it. They do it in Denmark and Sweden a lot. Um, Public-private partnerships? Yeah, yeah. What's the... Uh, there's another word. Um, it starts with an S. Um, socialism? Socialism. Yeah, it's socialism. Yeah, so uh, now that I've put that out there, this none of this is getting passed. Uh, <laughs> and I just Ted love- Cruz is like, what? <laughs> He just woke up. Yeah, it's unfortunate. So <laughs> to be fair, everything is socialism to Ted Cruz. So that's also true. Yeah. Um, except for lifting yourself up by your bootstraps uh, or uh, uh, being Cuban and somehow American and Canadian at the same yeah. time. I don't know how that uh, how that works. But so the funny thing is, I, I love reading polling on this where they would say, yes, what we did is we asked people about individual aspects of the program, amongst other questions. Yeah. And universally, everyone supported a majority of the aspects of this. Now, yeah. people like Corey, when he hears Amtrak, not for it. Don't <laughs> want to talk about it. Uh, but uh, broadband for everybody? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, all, all these things in individually have 70, 80% uh, favorability. Yes. And at if the budget more, rates, yeah. at the budget rates, if yeah, you yeah. said $600 billion for roads, people are like, well, yeah, I, I heard it was a D. Yeah, absolutely. We need to spend a lot yeah, yeah. of money. And what about, uh, you know, three questions later, what about $200 billion to get broadband to everyone? Well, you know, 
we're in New York, but I come from a very small town in Missouri and they don't have broadband access. So I can see why that kind of investment would be very important. Yeah. And a few questions later, but whatever. And then you ask somebody like, okay, so you are for all of these things. What if I told you there was a bill that would accomplish all of these things? Well, uh, slow your roll now because uh, what's the cost of this thing? I feel <laughs> like there would be a lot of pork in that bill. Well, for, there's going to be pork in the individual bills as well. Yeah, right? yeah, Let's yeah. forget about yeah, that. Yeah. Also, uh, what's the cost of that thing? Four trillion dollars. Absolutely not. <laughs> you, at 600 billion and 200 billion and, and 900, but you're fine with that. But when we talk about two, four trillion, now it's a big deal. Just like when you go to the grocery store and you have yourself a list, you have yourself a budget, and then all of a sudden you see oatmeal cream pies, and you're like, they're only two dollars. How much? Like I can, I can afford this. I can swing it. Then all of a sudden you go down the soup aisle, and you're just like, you know, it's been a while since I've had a New England clam chowder. Then all of a sudden you show up at the register, and your the, total is four hundred and seventy dollars. Well, I had a strict two hundred dollar budget, and I blew right past it. Uh, <laughs> $200 in oatmeal cream pies and cream and clam chowder. That's, uh, <laughs> I have a weird life, a weird diet, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that that is basically how this is. And there will eventually, uh, I think also part of this is Biden has finally learned the lesson we've been saying for a while now, which is, um, start asking for way more than you think you actually get. Because yeah. If Nancy Pelosi had put forward this bill, the bill would have been for, 1.6 trillion and that we would have gotten 600 billion that would have been it yeah Biden's like dick on the table four trillion <laughs> done and uh, uh mitch mcconnell comes out and he's like we'll give you 200 billion and then some hundred some uh republican was like maybe mitch sit, sit down let me handle this and their starting position was 1.4 uh, trillion so now we're negotiating between 1.4 trillion and four yeah we're going to end up probably somewhere at like two, six. And mostly what's going to get cut out of that is probably the important stuff like preschool for kids and uh, food stamps and you know, yeah. things that would really help people. But the democratic program. Well, I mean, the, the whole thing is basically split into two sides, which is like sort of the infrastructure side and sort of the infrastructure of the American dream side, if you will, which yeah. is like family planning and like uh, making permanent uh, the new child tax credits that are available oh that's gonna uh, pass i don't know yeah. if you know republicans love their tax credits yeah. so it doesn't matter um but i mean my my concern and this is uh, again i i i'm not uh disputing the fact that we need immediate money into a lot of infrastructure in this country and on the broad strokes i don't think that the idea of this bill is bad mm -hmm. or that there are things that are wrong with it my point uh, that I'd like to make is that merely we are going to find ourselves we, we are sort of at the beginning of the end of this generation of, uh, you know, car travel and like uh, what this current iteration of, uh, you know, travel in this country is going to look like. And we're, we're going to have to focus more on what the next thing is as opposed to I am happy to make your argument from our pre-show meeting. Where is the money for the Jetsons car air traffic controllers? <laughs> I want to see money for Jetsons cars inter, uh, air traffic controllers. If it's not there, then this bill does not have my support. That I, I that was Corey's argument in the pre-show meeting. Um or I'm sorry, uh, that's of course uh, not the the <laughs> argument. Although the no, Jetsons part car of my, part of it was brought up. Yes. It was brought up. I'm just saying. 
But uh, what you said was, uh, let's get a panel of experts together and figure out what transportation is going to look like in 25 years and start building towards that. To which I responded, all of those experts have gotten together over the last 60 years. And they've said, this is what it looked like for the last 60 and what it'll look like for the next 60. And universally, they have said, everyone in the world has done the right thing. Local rail leading to regional rail leading to national rail is the way of the future. High speed, not fucking, uh, you know, light rail at Baltimore City. But So, like, uh, one of the things that has always irritated me in recent years about uh, the state of traffic, especially here in L.A., where it's a huge problem, uh, is that uh, for the better part of about a decade now, Google has been offering cities and municipalities access to sort of the back end of Google Maps data, mm-hmm. anonymized data about traffic in your town, where people drive, what hours they drive. It's a unparalleled look at what is happening in your city from a traffic perspective. Uh, I know for a fact that L.A. was reached out to uh, be able to use this information at no cost mm-hmm. to better their own infrastructure as far as traffic is concerned. And they've had zero interest in doing so. This is the type of thing that it looks like it's, it's uh, you know, we're going to build and rebuild bridges and highways and all this sort of stuff. And that's important. But I feel like understanding how we get to the point where the traffic is what it is to begin with is an important step and being able to come up with a solution that will not only fix the ro- roads and bridges, but also get to us to the place we're going to need to be in the future anywho. What if I told you, with trains, we could take cars off the road and then none of that would be necessary? I, I, I just don't have the trust that that's the way it's going to work. That, I understand that, that's completely. That's the problem. You are uh, standing there saying, uh, I've been burned by the U.S. Postal Service before, so... I don't know that I can put my trust in them anymore. A stamp used to be 25 cents. Now it takes me 55 cents to get my letter from a unique address in Los Angeles to a unique address in rural Maryland. And it would cost the same 55 cents to get it from a rural address in in Minneapolis, Minnesota to a rural address in Louisiana. And I just get, I burned by that cost increase. No, I'm I'm burned by the fact that, (laughs) that Amtrak takes longer than flights or cars do mm-hmm. and cost more than flights or cars do. Both of which are subsidized by the American people in a way that is hidden rather than being just the budget of that, that service. I, again, I get, I get it, but I'm saying, you know, high-speed rail, again, in theory, sounds wonderful. Improvements to Amtrak and the rail line systems that we have in this country, in theory, sound wonderful, but... I have not been able to ever at any point been given the assurances that Amtrak is committed to being the best service they could possibly be. You're it's like it's like a, a you know when they poll people about like what companies they hate the most mm-hmm. and it's like Comcast is always at the top of the list yes. and things like that. That's why they're Xfinity now. It's because you know Comcast does the bare minimum that is required of them to stay a company to keep the thing working. And we'll do absolutely no more. Yeah. Amtrak is Amtrak is not reaching for the it's not is not following the the hat over the wall of space, you know? They're literally just looking at the wall going like, Well, this will take forever to get around. Like there's no there's no uh, for fifty years Amtrak has been where all the fuck up cousins of the married 
executives of congressmen go. You know, like it's like the worst fuck ups in the history of the world run Amtrak and then run it into the ground. And now we're expected to think that we're going to go into this brand new era of Amtrak where they fucking figured it all out. And I just don't believe it. See, I, I, I think that you uh, are looking at Amtrak the way that someday, eventually, uh, R- producer Roberto is going to look at his then ex-girlfriend. You're looking at it like, what, what, is, what is this? I don't understand. And if you just thought to yourself, how did you treat that thing for the last few years? Of course it's in that condition. Of course it hates you back because you've hated it. And it's just gotten it been taught. That was just a, a chance to take a barb at uh, Roberto. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, listen, we've we've dumped the worst of the worst there. We've cut budgets. We've said uh, no passenger rail lines. You have to share uh, the the commercial rail lines. And every other country has said that's the wrong way to do it. We're going to do it the right way and been very successful. Yeah. And that is a lot like me saying, producer Roberto, look at the way that I treat women. Isn't that so great? As I Maybe that's not al- the example. I go to sleep alone <laughs> in my apartment every single night. So yeah, possibly not the uh, greatest. Uh, yeah. Listen, I got great ideas. Whether or not they work <laughs> is not important. But um, yeah, so I, I think that, and I don't want to get bogged down in Amtrak because there's so much more. Just, like the, just like stuff. the people of Amtrak are just like, we have great ideas. And then you look at their piece of paper and it's just like a conductor with skates on. <laughs> like, this will help. I fully believe that the actual people who work for Amtrak are revolution there they have a revolution coming and then there is nothing but uh bill clinton's brother-in-law our brother is yeah. put in charge of amtrak and he's like you know what we need beer in every car <laughs> beer in every car uh and those quiet cars let's get rid of those we need to make friends on the fucking amtrak and those guys are like that's the opposite of what the people want they want all quiet cars and and um we have you ever that. noticed how there aren't enough hooters on these trains we should have a Hooters car. Everyone loves Hooters. The wings are great, amongst other things. <laughs> it took me about the third <laughs> mention of Hooters for me to realize you were talking about the restaurant yeah. and not. I know. That's why I kept going, because I realized I might have led you astray with that. I comment. almost spit my drink all over the mic. <laughs> and the board and the computer would have been horrible. But, uh, yes, those are the ideas. There's a guy who is a lot like Billy Bush. Uh, not Billy Bush, damn. Billy, Bill, uh, not Bill Clinton, that's the guy. Uh, Roger Clinton. Roger Clinton, uh, who is there with like these brilliant ideas. And, and like the Postal Service, where it's been the dumping ground of leadership that's not leadership, saying like, what if we took out the old machines? Well, no, that is a great idea. We're going to replace them with the... Don't worry about that. Just take out the old ones. Yeah, but that's going to make service incredibly slow. We're not going to be able to meet demand. No, no, take the old ones out. We'll figure it, we'll figure it out. Yeah. got to get those old machines out of there. Oh, okay, you're the boss. Yeah. Um, and that's uh, the worst of the commercial market meeting the socialist market, not the other way around, where, hey, trains are great. Let's dump some money in here and let the best of the best, which is what NASA is um, for the most part, except for not anymore, because now we're looking at um, apartheid space. Elon Musk. Dragons. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere it's got to come. All roads lead back to Elon Musk. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say, speaking of apartheid, uh, <laughs> the new GOP, it turns out, is just the GOP. Um, and you might say to yourself, Rob, that was a cheap shot. Uh, have you been anywhere in the middle or south of our country? It's basically apartheid. Anyway, um, 
So uh, I think that we have talked in the last few weeks and months of the podcast about like this possible coming schism in the GOP. And it seems this past week it has become even more prevalent. Um, and hopefully the image that you're seeing next to me is an ostrich with its head in the sand. And that has been the GOP of the end of the Trump era. And essentially like that was just like, listen, whatever it takes to win war crimes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actual crime insur- insurrection. Yeah. It's yeah. probably fine. Um, it's okay. I um, mean, as long as it's not too treasonous, <laughs> I- wait, wait, what color are the people? Oh, that's fine. That's, fine. <laughs> that's mostly fine. That'll wash. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> then, uh, they, they just basically get along to get go along to get along. Yeah. And then we heard a lot of strong words from Mitch McConnell and uh, Republican leadership at basically all levels, state, yeah. federal, uh, in the House and, and in the Senate. And then we've slowly moved back where it's like, oh, wait, no, he still has influence. Um, so McCarthy's been going to Florida to do his mea culpas and his uh, kiss the rings mm-hmm. in Mar-a-Lago. And Mitch McConnell, who came out real hot and heavy at the end, haven't heard a lot of that since yeah. then. Uh, and in fact, now he's saying stuff like 200 billion. And then the rest of the Republicans in the center are like, you Mitch, shut up. Watch sit down. <laughs> uh, we'll handle this one, Mitch. Uh, also, I have a sense that they think they're going to get back in the majority and they're putting in a play. Like there's a couple of Republicans who are like, I bet you I could win a vote for uh majority, majority leader, leader. Yeah. And I need to be in the position of power of like being a leader now. So Mitch is at the, the weakest point he's ever been, and also there are people who are coming up with the knives, uh, trying to make Caesar dressing. You know what I mean? So. It's a uh, it's as much as I am not in favor of Mitch McConnell, generally speaking. <laughs> I will say that if I was a if I was a member of this Republican Party, uh, Mitch has done so well for you in yeah. terms of what you want. I don't know why you're looking effectively one of the best Republican senators as far as getting what he wanted done in the history of the Senate. Like there's nobody like uh, from a, from a purely partisan standpoint, there has been very few people who are as successful as Mitch McConnell has been Here's uh, the problem for now, a Gordon. long period of time. Here's the problem. And you're not going to get this example, but I hope that the public at large will, you know, people who know um, things from uh, movies, but um, the Republicans are essentially the Sith. And they raise up a leader who is strong and gets almost everything that they want. And what happens to his mentee, the, the person who he, he's bringing up behind him? Die? Uh, it is always that the Sith Lord, the one who's leading the Sith, is mm-hmm. struck down by his uh, disciple. Yeah. And that's the GOP. They, they're like, Mitch, you're so amazing. You've led us so well. And he turns around to take in some of the accolades and somebody stabs him in the back and is like, I am now the Lord of the GOP. I am now McConnell. And uh, meanwhile, uh, you have uh, to cross universes. Um, uh, what's his name in Wisconsin? Like, my precious. <laughs> Just waiting for his chance to get back in the limelight. Um, Talking about Paul Ryan? Yeah, I was going to say, my precious, but really it's just weights. He's just looking at his own muscles like, precious. Poor Paul Ryan's done. There's no no coming back from that. I don't know, though, um, because if we end up getting that schism, I feel like, surprisingly, Ryan might have a chance in the the old guard conservative GOP because uh, he is, he's McConnell. He is Romney. He is Cheney. He is old guard GOP. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think the old guard GOP is 
long for this world. Mm. So, I mean, we just going back on the last couple uh, people who either ran for president or were involved with a person who is in the executive here. Yes. Uh, we have Mitt Romney, who was booed by the Utah GOP. Uh, also uh, famously, almost censured. Yeah, almost censured by his own state. Yeah. Uh, famously the candidate in 2012 and 20, oh, 2008. Yeah. Yes. He, made, he got the nomination in 12, but ran in 2008 as well. Yes. 2008, McCain ran. That's now, right. McCain is no longer with us, but his widow, Cindy, was uh, on State of the Union, I think, the other the other day yes. and said uh, that the Arizona GOP has gone completely crazy. Also, isn't uh, his daughter in politics now? Uh, isn't, she, isn't she host of The View or something like that? Oh, that's right. She's a yeah. political commentator. Yeah. Is it her husband? Somebody related to the McCains is in Arizona politics and almost got booted from the party as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So. I mean, Liz Cheney, who <laughs> is related to Dick Cheney. Now, as a reminder, yeah. the vice president from yeah. 2000 until 2008. Uh, She is trying to, she's probably going to get booted out of all the leadership positions in the Republican house and uh it's looking like a lot of people are going to primary her when it's her turn again and And her uh, replacement is a true that in the leadership not in the primaries but her replacement in leadership is the trumpiest of trumpers yeah Uh, and a guy who four i can't remember his name right now but four years ago was not a trumper but has basically like seen the writing on the wall that that's where the party's going and went there first um he did the old. Uh, who was the the senator who was also like uh, the first one to stand up on the sixth? Uh, ah, man, Josh um, Holly Holly. Yeah. Yes, who's just like I see where this is going. I'm gonna get in front of this. Uh, this guy is the same way where he's like, oh, Cheney's looking a little weak. Feel like I can make moves on that. Even so. George W. Bush though said uh, just in the last couple of days had the statement that was. Uh, if you focus on just becoming a party of white evangelicals, then you are winnowing down the potential number of votes that you'll get, and you're going to hurt yourself in the end. Yes. To which the Republican Party of today is just like, fuck you, W. We don't give a shit about what you have to say. Meanwhile, last Republican to win a popular <laughs> a popular election. Yep. Uh, uh, win the popular vote. Uh, he lost it once too, but he's also the yes. <laughs> the most yeah, recent one to win it. To so. be clear, lost it in two thousand, won it in two thousand four. Yeah, Obama won it in two thousand eight. Oh, won it again in two thousand twelve. Uh, Hillary won it in twenty sixteen. Yeah, and then Biden won it in twenty twenty. So yes, that would be the last Republican. And if you remember, Corey, what was his? Now, not so much in oh four, but in oh oh two thousand especially. Compassionate conservatism, oh, reaching yeah. out to Latinos in Texas, very much a making the grand old party the big tent party and bringing everybody in. Well, when once the uh, once they lost to Obama, yeah, they had the reset where they said, "Okay, what is what is wrong with this party and how do we fix it?" And one of the things that they said was when uh, part of the success that Bush had was he was able to. Uh, open up the the walls to the to the GOP a lot more yeah. than anyone else had before. Like you said, Latino vote for Republicans was an all-time high at that point. Yep. Uh even uh the black vote which had traditionally been overwhelmingly democratic was starting to look like it might siphon off a little bit uh, and, into and Republican still votes. Still was, but they had they had gotten they'd broken te- they'd broken 10%, which was amazing for a Republican yeah. vote nationally. Like, okay, great. 
It was the beginning of something that could have had long-term dividends if they had kept with it. If the Democrats break 10% with evangelical Christians, best believe <laughs> that you're going to see uh, candidates like on a, like it's Sunday like a Reagan-like sweep. Yeah, yeah, you're just like, <laughs> all right, so what do we do next? Uh, what mega churches can we hit? It's like, how yeah. can we take advantage? Yeah, but it's only 11%. We haven't done 11% since evangelical <laughs> Christians were... Uh, progressive agrarian folk. That's yeah. where the last time that happened. So yeah, you got to take advantage. And instead what happened was the Koch brothers um, gave Ted Cruz a drink order and then they were like, oh, oh, sorry. And Ted Cruz became white and then the whole party went white. <laughs> and Ted Cruz is only uh, Hispanic when he's in Texas <laughs> and specifically only in his district and not in his own house when he's out getting votes in his district. Yeah. Otherwise, white. That's what uh, he would prefer. So... I I just don't understand, like, I, I understand that uh, for whatever reason in the minds of the GOP, they think that Trump again in 2024 is the path to winning yes. or getting, like, the same kind of excitement that they had before. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll know with the next congressional election where we stand, because if you just look at the number of votes uh, that will be going to what we assume will be Republican strongholds. Yep. Uh, based off of the results of the census, it looks like the Republicans, without having to do anything else, might pick up, you know, six or seven seats. Uh, I saw some interesting math on that. Though. Oh, I know. I, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> where it actually ends up. If the if the Democrats, despite having the disadvantage put on them for this coming congressional election. Yeah still managed to keep the house that might be depending on how it how it shakes might be the thing that wakes up republicans to the idea that yeah. like oh we have to we have to do something here because like if you can't get your house in order and then you get slaughtered by a democrat in texas something's wrong you yeah. gotta you gotta go back and, and figure out what went wrong and fix it because so one of the, <laughs> one of the things i saw was that like in new york this may actually be helpful uh that they lost a seat because they're going to do what Maryland did several years ago, where um, they're just going to stick all the Republicans in like limited districts, and yeah. like they've had a problem with too many Republicans, and they're like, oh, so we got we can't make the districts the way we want to make them, and they Maryland found a way. They gerrymandered a district that was basically all Republicans and stuck them all in there. Texas has the opposite problem. They picked up a seat, and unfortunately, now cities like Austin. Uh, urban areas are going to be where they're going to have to reapportion these seats and you're going to have to move Democrats around and it may end up meaning that a Democrat picks up a seat and uh, you're never going to have that uh, heads up where like, well, Texas, maybe uh, where you, you actually might have Democrats pick up Republican seats. But the other thing, uh, the other story, which we didn't put on the agenda, but like just to side note there uh, in Florida, Florida picked up a seat. Mm -hmm. And then also restricted voting access for the people who would traditionally vote Republican, which yeah, they, was not smart on their they part. They just passed a a uh, a bill that was similar to the Georgia voting bill uh, that included, you know, it, tightening up on mail-in voting and everything like that. And then as soon as it was done, went, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> the old crotchety Republicans were the only ones who were voting by mail up until this past election. Yes. When... For some reason, people were scared to go to the polling places to vote in person. Wait, wait. So Co like, COVID is still going to be a problem in 2022, right? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> oh, shit. What have we done? Um, 
Uh, the only time the state of Florida fights its own bill against it. Like, <laughs> no, no, we'd like to keep this bill, please. Yes, let's keep it. <laughs> I. At the end of the day, uh, if you're if you're hope is that less people vote so yeah. that you can stay in you're already sort of conceding defeat in a way like yeah. th- this hasn't been about trying to bring more people into the party it's been about let's keep the ones that we like right now and just fuck everyone else well, basically keep the total number of voters low keep everybody we like in our party and we that means we keep a percentage right so if i can make the pie smaller but mm. keep my cut of it then I have more pie than you do eventually. And uh, again, Mitch played the long game. The Republicans played the long game. Get the state houses so they're going to be redistricting and keep control at a local level and just hope that you can get those uh, those laws in effect. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I, I jokingly say uh, COVID is going to be a problem in 2022, but uh, at this rate, COVID may be a problem in 2022. So who's to say that the restrictive voting laws by mail aren't a problem? Yeah, well, um, we'll find out. I mean... <laughs> no, I, I will say, <laughs> the Democrats who may have been afraid to vote uh, in 2020 will not be afraid to vote in 2022. If L.A. is any example, uh, I went on a lovely walking tour of West Hollywood, which is possibly the most liberal place in America... Maybe the the um, oh, it starts with a C in San Francisco. Um, not the Castro. Car- Castro. I yeah. said the cartel. The Castro. <laughs> Those are very two two very different things. The uh, Castro in uh, San Francisco, West Hollywood, battling it out for the most liberal uh, square footage in America, and people the number of people stumbling around drunk, fresh out of brunch, with no masks, unparalleled. Um, and I think. The reason is because this week the CDC also released new guidelines on vaccinated people and what they can and can't do. And the graph that you see beside me is the graph that the CDC released. And you'll note that at the top of the right-hand side of that graph, the right-hand side is uh, people who have been inoculated. Doesn't say have had both vaccinations. It says fully vaccinated people. Eh. <laughs> Does that say fully vaccinated equals Two doses and two weeks after the second dose. No, but I, I, I think most people assume that that's what fully vaccinated. Corey, you and I have a lot more different <laughs> levels of faith in the American people. Yeah. And clearly, the CDC has your level of faith. And um, people who put warning labels on things have my level of faith in the American people. <laughs> Dude, like the shower cap people, like fits one head. Yes. Like you're the, you're the fits one head group. Yes. Uh, and or, I'm like, there, there's no way they fuck up a shower cap, right? <laughs> the people who put a warning on a bucket that says you can drown in this bucket. Like, this is a seven ounce bucket. Yes. But if they went face down directly in the bucket, they might drown. Yeah. So we better put a fucking warning on it. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think that it's confusing also because at the top, you'll see people. The person doesn't have a mask and it's green at the bottom. The person does have a mask. Yeah. And it's green. Which I think people have totally ignored. And they've just said, if it, I can do everything with no mask. It doesn't matter. Which is not true. And also, I mean, people are dumb. I mean, more my concern is, this isn't anything we didn't already know ahead of time. Really, it shouldn't I'm, be. I mean, you know, if you lived... I was making the, the point of, like, Rob's old old hometown there. If he was in Ridgely and he's just walking down the, the side of a dirt road... And there's nobody else around you. You can just say the road. That's, that's all <laughs> the we dirt have is, is the dirt. implied. Yes. Uh, 
if he's just walking down this old dirt road, he doesn't need to be wearing a mask because the chances of COVID floating from some farmhouse nearby and getting to him are so astronomically low that it's not even it's not even a reasonable thing to consider. Cows can't get COVID, as far as we know, <laughs> so I'm probably safe. Right, now, but six but months ago, the difference between you know like Ridgely and Midtown Manhattan is a completely different thing. You know, like just because you're outside and just because the likelihood of you getting COVID are less outside, and you know you might be vaccinated, or you know the person that you pass might be vaccinated. But the other part is we also don't know. 40% yeah. of people right now in the United States are fully vaccinated, uh, getting up towards like 50%, I think, on some degree of shot uh, so far. You know, these are promising numbers because it is getting better. Uh, it's also worrying numbers because it's starting to slow down. Yep. Uh, but yeah, compare I, that to where we were two weeks ago when we talked about it, where it was like uh, 25 and 40, and now yeah. we're at 40 and 50. So, yeah. I mean, if you're asking me, you know, again, I live in a, a, a major American city, so it's a little bit different. If I'm going out uh, to get lunch or something like that in the streets of downtown Los Angeles, I'm yep. still wearing a mask. Uh, I may at certain points transition between a mask that I can pull down and if I see a crowd coming, pull it up kind of thing as opposed to have the, the lock in super secure mask that I don't take off under yeah. any circumstances. Uh the mask that I, I had purchased at the beginning of the pandemic is, is, like, really good for sealing in every little bit of it. It's not good for, like, pulling it down yeah. over the nose kind of thing. So I just never bothered to do it. Well, because, like, uh, a logical person, you said, I will never be taking this off my face. <laughs> not like 40% of the American public that's like, uh, you wear it here, right? Like, yeah. it's supposed to go under your nose. That way you can breathe. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's where it goes. I mean, you know, it, people who I still see a lot of people wearing masks when I was out and about in the days following the CDC announcement, which was quickly followed by, you know, California lifting the outdoor mask mandate, Los Angeles County doing the same thing uh, in Maryland. They've list, lifted the outdoor mask mandate. States across the country are doing all the same thing. Uh, it's. It's fine. I don't think we're going to see a huge jump in cases because of it at this point, uh, given the number of people who are vaccinated and uh, how people who seem to be careful are still remaining careful. Yeah. And the people who are being uh, more reckless have continued to be more reckless. And for I, the vast majority of society, it will not matter. But for the 400 people who died today and the 400 people who will die tomorrow and the 400 people that died yesterday, yeah. it does make a difference. And you asked me, what are we supposed to do earlier before we started? Show, what are we supposed to do? Stay in lockdown, which is something you asked me months ago. Yeah. And I have the same answer. Yes. <laughs> Keep the mask made. Like, listen, I have said before here, the mask is now going to be likely a part of my life for the rest of my life. Because when I think about how we were, what we were doing earlier, going to work sick because, uh, I got to work yeah. and, the people next to me just sneezing and coughing and wiping their faces and then shaking my hand. Like, ugh. And I was getting on a scooter with no gloves and then going about the rest of my day eating snacks with those same hands that got washed in the bathroom at four hours after I arrived at work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, <laughs> the big part of here is that you need to uh, 
there are a lot of things about this pandemic that I hope continue just in terms of general hygiene, because I think we're all going to be better off if we do the if we still continue to wash hands like this, we will be much better off going forward. If we did nothing else but just continue to wash hands with the same frequency, our different we levels would be of way faith better off in the than, American public oh, are I, staggering. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm not I'm not saying that I think that it will. I'm just saying that uh, for me, it was never a big thing. To when people are just like, make sure you wash your hands every hour or two. I'm just like, okay, okay. that's basically what I was doing before. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, this isn't a big, huge change in my life. The only thing that changed is I would walk in the house and I'd say, I should wash my hands before I do anything else. Yes, that's not necessarily the first thing I thought of when I walked in the door before. But before I touch anything, yeah, I, I, I come in, turn on the TV, get around or whatever. Now it's like, nope. <laughs> start to make a drink then wash my hand like yeah. eventually when i get to it uh nope first thing i do now <laughs> wash hands I, I do the hand sanitizer but sanitizer before i touch anything in my apartment and i've even started doing the shoes off at the door so like shoes off hand sanitizer hit the whole thing so the four feet around my front door are yeah. the uh decontamination zone and then <laughs> i can move into the rest of my it's where you go for the spray yes. the full body spray uh i wish i had one of those um <laughs> and uh if uh, Inez has a house where it has it's four million dollars, but it's got a decontamination room, mud room. We call this the mud room, but really it's a full section five decontamination room. I'm like in. I want that bedroom. <laughs> That's my bedroom. How much? <laughs> uh, yeah, they, the guys play this game where they watch uh, videos of cars and houses and things that they'll never be able to afford and then pick things like bedrooms. Yeah. yeah. 12-bedroom house. That's my bedroom in a house we'll <laughs> never afford and never even step into. So It's funny. Inez was uh, featured in a Wall Street Journal video just over the weekend. <laughs> and uh, they were talking about how popular these videos have gotten, like mm-hmm. him and a couple other channels like his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like one of the real estate agents is just like, I don't think many people who watch the video are actually possibly able to buy the house and i'm just like you think yeah the 24 yeah. million dollar house in the hills you don't think we're you know what i think so we'll it's be like an... well i gotta move some shit around but i guess the... <laughs> i guess we can make an offer i have a feeling the most popular video that he'll ever be in is the one let me set the scene for you it's him and it's me and there's a guillotine i and don't like a it. big flag he's making big red flag he's doing him. in the background <laughs> Ah, uh, just imagine. It's not imagine his, the views. He's not. He's not responsible for that. Come on. The, you know. Go and grab. Go and grab your Stalin aid and just, <laughs> just <laughs> butt out of this conversation. Uh, uh, let's talk about India instead of. Well, uh, real quick, let, let's finish up with America here and yeah, the herd okay. immunity. Um, so, scientists imagine that we're going to need somewhere between seventy and ninety percent to reach herd immunity. Right. In the United States. And of all citizens. Of Everyone. all citizens, yeah. Uh, and kids can't get vaccinated right now, so that's already eating into that said 70 to 90%. Uh, we could possibly reach some level of uh, not herd immunity, but a significant decrease in the amount of cases that we see and the amount of deaths that we see just with more people getting vaccinated, maybe anything over 50% would see significant gains in that regard. Um, But a lot of people are showing hesitancy to get the vaccine. And in some places, it is uh, (laughs) appointments are wide open 
and nobody's taking them. Yep. Uh, mostly in like the American South. Uh, and Midwest. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, California, I was looking at uh, things that, you know, like L.A. County, 11 percent of people said they might not get the vaccine, which yep. is ideal for us being able to hit herd immunity. Uh, San Francisco County was like 9% or something like that. But like in these LA, places are not going to be the concerns. It's drive, going to be drive 40 minutes south. From oh, yeah. I, I, LA to I get Orange it. County. Yeah. And now it's like 60% are definitely going to get it. 20% maybe. 20% definitely not going to get it. Yeah. Funny. Wait, if I was to break that down into a voting block, how would the voting blocks break down? Um, I imagine you know how the voting, uh, <laughs> how the voting would break so down. So what you could assume is that 90% of voters in LA County. Democrats. Uh, and if I was to go down to Orange County, I would find 60% Democrats, 20% Independents, 20% Republicans. So, you also, know, uh, this is what Corey was making mention of. And uh, tell me your friends know how to buy you a gift without telling me <laughs> your friends know how to buy you a gift. Oh, is I'm on the wrong side? Here. There we go. It's uh, Stalinade. The real red soda. Mmm. <laughs> and I honestly don't even want to drink this. I kind of just want to keep it. I mean, you can. I, I don't. I don't even know how good it is. So it's got pure cane sugar in it, which means it's probably delicious. But uh, it's so amazing. Maybe I will drink it and refill it with water with red food coloring in it, mm. and then just reseal it so that it has the effect. But I also get to drink the liquid inside. Just like a socialist. <laughs> well, I was gonna suggest that uh, I was gonna share times it. like this. I wonder. I wish that Roberto had a mic. Uh, <laughs> so I was I gonna catch that laugh. Like a true communist, I was going to say, let's split it and share it. But because it is Stalinate, I think I will drink the whole thing and send both of you to the gulag. So <laughs> I'm not a tanky, if anybody thought that that was the case. No. Um, but please, if you're listening to the sound of my voice. Go get a vaccine. Go get the vaccine. Assuming that, you know, you are capable of doing it and uh, uh, it won't. You haven't been specifically told because of a medical condition not to get it or something like that. Yes. Uh, please go get it. Uh, I remember just back at the very beginning of the pandemic, a year ago at this point, where I was... Simpler times. <laughs> I was I was saying to people, I have faith in the uh, medical community, scientific community, to be able to come up with a vaccine, to be able to uh, get us past this point. And there will be a day on the other side where the sun will be shining and we'll all be happy. Um, and, you know, uh, when I would say this to people, whether they were on the right side of the aisle, or the left side of the aisle, they all agreed. I have nothing but faith in the medical community to do this. I'm going to get the vaccine when it's time. And then all of a sudden the vaccine becomes available and it becomes, well, I don't know exactly how this thing was made and I don't want <laughs> to mess with it. I mean, we're at the point now where enough people have gotten vaccinated and, you know, it's not like people are just dying left and right from vaccine side effects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're 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 we will not know the long term side effects, uh, but we weren't going to know the long term side effects if we wanted to have a vaccine that was going to take care of the virus right away. So yeah. also, I know the long term side effects of getting covid uh, yeah. for somebody with pre-existing conditions. Uh, several of them, um, death. So uh, it's pretty long term, probably pretty long term consequences. No coming back from that one. Yeah. And I, I also have faith in science. But let me tell you, uh, I just want to put this forward one more, one last time. Uh, I also have faith in Mother Nature. 
that she can mutate this virus with a 97% survival rate and turn it into one with a 95% kill rate. Come on, baby. I, you got you got this. Come on. Well, that's that. Bring that twelve <laughs> monkeys life around. Let's do this. This uh, this might be the case if uh, the crisis in India gets any worse than it currently is. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, you're you're saying that, but uh, the Western world is ignoring it completely. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> just don't travel here. That's all. Basically, yeah. yeah. Uh, guys, we're not gonna stop over in India on our trip. So. Uh, Bangladesh, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great human rights violations. It's going to be super fun. Don't say anything. They'll send you the gulag. Um, but yeah, uh, literally, I, I watched a story this morning about a group of nurses who one by one just watched 84 patients die, not for anything other than the need of oxygen. And I asked myself, it must be unbelievably difficult to get oxygen there. And then I found out that, um, not that there's an embargo, but essentially that uh, Western Europe and the United States and their spheres of influence basically said, just in case we have another wave, we need to keep all our oxygen. So don't export any oxygen. Uh, and also, these vaccines that could help save life, if they can't pay for them, they don't get them. Uh, and we will completely honor your intellectual property. No. company that made a vaccine on the money that we gave you. Yeah. Um, so now 4,000 people are dying a day. Uh, they are literally turning the parking lots of hospitals. Uh, in, for those of you who may not know as much about uh, Hindu culture, they do uh, pyres for their funerals. So like you build um, a, a pile of sticks. That sounds very crude. But you build a, a funeral pyre, which is just a wood sta- a stack of wood. You put the person on top, wrapped in, in uh, ceremonial um, garb. garb, and then you burn it. And then what usually they do is they collect the ashes and then go put them in the Ganges. That's that's there's an, uh, this spot on the the uh, shore of the Ganges that uh, is meant for that. And then surprisingly, people found that when they washed their clothes just down river from that, their clothes got super clean. Hmm. Because if you burn human flesh, it turns into soap and yeah. uh, wash the clothes. That's a uh, fight, fight club, club fact yeah. for you. Um, but so instead of being able to like ceremoniously bury their dead, now the parking lot of the hospital empty from cars because no visitors are allowed have been just been turned into like, all right. So everybody from the AM deaths, we're having our funeral pyres in parking lot one uh, PM deaths. That'll be the funeral pyres in parking lot two. And just basically rotating back and forth, letting families have their last moments with their family members amongst, uh, you know, other, other people who have died a hundred people. Um, and nurses literally just were standing there doing everything that they could, but essentially watching people die. And then the story was essentially the head nurse would come over after the person coded and be like, okay, um, number 56. And the, per- the nurse would go over there and just pump and pump and pump and pump and pump until that person coded. And then it's like, all right, 87. And they're just working their way down the list of serious people because there was no oxygen to give them. So with COVID, it's an upper respiratory infection. That's a problem. Can't breathe. Yeah. And uh, people are dying for want of oxygen, which the West has, but isn't sending. And vaccines, which the West has and isn't sending. Now, I will say this, not not to make it seem like it's their own fault here, but uh, the the political politicalization of covid in India was really high. Yes. Um, Trump levels, you might say. I mean, you know, they they just had an election not too long ago, and uh, uh, the maskless rallies were a big part of <laughs> the uh, 
the I can't remember what Modi's political party is, but his his party was largely anti-mask. Yes. And having these large gatherings and stuff like that. I think we should just use Trumper to describe those people <laughs> in general. But then I worry about that because I think about like how Hitler's rise to power in Germany was basically inspiration for fascism all over the world saying like, hey, they got a cool hand gesture. We should, you want to do that? We can I'd, do that. I'd prefer not to uh, promote Trump as a way of thinking about your political philosophy because uh, I would like to have my nephew go die on a beach in Europe. So I feel like that is absolutely the thing we should do. Why not? Yeah, we uh, that's a deep World War Two. Everybody. <laughs> We need to, uh, I, I think what, what needs to be, to be clear is that there are, there are easy ways to just protect yourself on a baseline level. And that was not happening in India and it has allowed the virus to just run rampant. Yep. Uh, it took a lot long uh, for a lot of for a while there, people in India thought, oh, we've kind of avoided this despite yeah. being in Asia Right near where it all started. What you might call the uh, the L.A. thought process of like, look at New York. We're doing fine. Yeah. And then a few weeks later, decimation. Or Florida. You remember when or everyone Florida. was saying, that, like, you know, like, oh, Florida doesn't have any restrictions and they're not having any cases. And then uh, I think uh, DeSantis had like a press conference in the parking lot where he was just like, you know, like, where are the cases? I thought they were coming. I thought our state was going to be overrun. And then like a week later, like, fuck <laughs> fucking locust still governor uh, still governor <laughs> yeah i i know that uh it's it's really uh i was just watching a video not too long ago about uh the different types of uh ways that vaccines are being spread out yeah and you know like companies or country richer countries that are able to basically pay for the research that allowed for the vaccines and basically pre-purchase the vaccines are in a much better place right now. Yep. United States with their 40% vaccinations and stuff like that, full vaccinations. Um poor countries are going to be further down the line. There are there are things that uh programs out there to try and get vaccines to poorer countries, but it's just not uh it's it's going to be it's going to take longer to get to them. Because well, of the way that the system has been. Keep in mind, two weeks ago, India was pacing us on vaccines. Yeah. Like, per capita, they had met our rate. They just have a billion people. And right. So their 25% was our entire population. Yeah. The problem was they quickly had to shift from let's vaccinate everybody to, oh, shit, everybody's dying. And they, then yeah. it's like, uh, we'd love to put needles in arms, but we need every doctor in the ICU right now. Um, so... It's difficult to do that. Also, I, there's a lack of availability. So it's like, do we have a doctor out in this province waiting for vaccine to become available? Or do we send him to an urban center to deal with patients that are dying? Like, yeah. yes, it would be great. But the infections out there are low. The infections here are high. Let's deal with this. And um, it's the, the, like, the law of diminishing returns in a way where like you just, in your head, you're saying... We got to keep vaccinating, but it's hard to have the political fallout of, well, the do why is this doctor out here not doing shit? Well, he's vaccinating like 200 people a day. Yeah, but we 4,000 dead in the yeah. country. You don't understand that if, if he's fighting the virus and not giving the vaccine, we're going to have 4,000 dead every day for the next six months. Yeah, I mean, th there's got to be somebody vaccinated. <laughs> yes. The 
but they 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 gave into the pressure and now there's very few people now everybody's yeah. focused on the virus like fighting the sick people not fighting sick people but, but fighting with the fighting sick the disease yeah and the, yeah and the fighting the virus it's problematic to say the least it, it could have been helped a lot by more vaccines being made available which were blocked because uh india had uh, obligations to give those to people to give those to other countries and they met them and now they didn't have enough for themselves and they again not uh not that there are richer or poorer countries but there are certainly countries that debt spend them their way into uh nine trillion dollar debt and are willing to throw 400 million dollars 400 million? Yeah, 400 million dollars on vaccines that may not work. Three vaccines that all of them may not have worked. Yeah. And we did that. Yeah. And what did we get? We got our doses, yes. It bought, did not buy anything for the world though. And um yeah, I, I posted something uh this I mean, week. Uh, you know, the the United States certainly is uh spending money to try and get other p- places in the world vaccinated we have exported exactly zero doses of vaccine right we personally have exported zero but yes. i'm saying that we have been donating large sums of money in an effort to get a global vaccination effort underway sure it, it's not the same thing <laughs> the same no. thing as sending doses directly but i'm saying this is you know we are also covering the bill more than any other country in the world to help try and get the rest of the world vaccinated. Sure. Uh, my only point is uh, I posted something earlier this week that said that uh, I learned a new fact that for the first 850,000 years of human existence, warfare, whoa, not whoa, a whoa, thing. whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that when Adam and Eve were? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot I was dealing with a Catholic. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, when Adam rode the dinosaur uh, <laughs> out of the garden of Eden, <laughs> no, but uh, so, Upper Paleolithic and beyond, no warfare. Essentially, if you were a Paleolithic man and I was a Paleolithic man and we were with our different bands and we stumbled upon each other, which would have been rare, but let's say we did that, we would have come together and rejoiced that we'd found other humans and worked together briefly before we went on our separate ways. Yeah. Then we developed agrarian uh, societies where we settled. And then the idea of what's mine is mine entered the fray Mm -hmm. and more importantly the idea of capitalism where we now exchange currency for goods and services and that is where warfare (laughs) broke out and so i posted like oh capitalism and our warfare another gift of capitalism and now we're looking at four thousand dead every day in india which by the way folks is yet another gift of capitalism because the only reason that india can't make a very cheap generic version of the vaccine is because everyone in the West has said, we will sue all of these companies into non-existence. And after COVID's over, those companies need to make malaria drugs and uh, well, you know, all sorts of other drugs. Again, I, I, I understand uh, why capitalism is easy to blame in that situation, but if I was the maker of a COVID vaccine, I would not want people to try and make COVID vaccines that were based off of what I was doing, but not exactly what I was doing because then there's a chance that it doesn't work or it doesn't do what it's supposed to. And, or they, they rush it through and don't put the same kind of stresses and checks on it that I've, I forgot. I was dealing with a guy who doesn't use the target brand. He uses the twice as expensive brand. That's right next to it because I don't trust the target brand. I want Coke, not Dr. Cola. All right. I I mean, if, if the choice was, I'm thirsty. I need something to drink. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Cola is there. 
And first of all, I have on, been with you when it, they said, uh, is Pepsi okay? And you went without a drink. Yes. So don't tell me that I will go with Dr. Cola if it's, if I'm thirsty. No, I'm saying, I'm saying I, if it's, if it's a non life or death situation, I think I've seen you leave a restaurant that only served Pepsi. I'm pretty sure I've seen that happen. I before. took a stand <laughs> on moral grounds. All right. On okay. moral grounds. All right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> My point being is that I don't mind fucking around with an off-brand Coke every once in a while. Mm-hmm. If it's I'm thirsty and I'm trying to... It's not I, a Pepsi. <laughs> do I need to come up with a new example so <laughs> we can move past this? <laughs> I won't necessarily buy the Arrowhead water. I will buy a lesser water if I'm thirsty because water is water to me. Is Arrowhead good water? I think it tastes like... No, it's terrible. But yeah, I, I'm just yeah. saying it's the... For whatever reason, California really likes their Arrowhead water. I, I never understood it. Dasani. Uh, you, you, you'll step down from Dasani to Arrowhead? Yeah, you know, I'll slum it with some Arrowhead if sure, I yeah. need to. If I'm thirsty enough, I'll, I'll go. I'll do that. Uh, but, you know, if it was a life or death thing, like, you know, I, would, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't trust the guy who's trying to sell me a $12 seatbelt, if you know what I mean. You know, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to fuck around with the. uh with the not yet medically cleared diabetes medicine or something like that, you know, like. See, I think that you would. No, I. Because I know that I, I would. would. So if, if it, the choice was no insulin or knock off insulin that may or may not work, worst case scenario, no insulin, I'm dead. Yeah. Knock off insulin doesn't work, I'm also dead. But if the knock off insulin does work, I have a chance of living. Right. So right now, if I'm in India, I have a very high chance of dying. You could give me a vaccine that may not work and I could right, die. Right, but I'm saying, you know, if if you take the knockoff insulin and die, yeah. then the person who, uh, the corporate owner of the insulin that uh, had its recipe stolen to make yeah. the knockoff insulin and the knockoff insulin people didn't do something that was very important and is killing people indiscriminately because of it, mm-hmm. I would be upset as the corporate owner of the insulin because you are now putting my product in a bad light because there are people dying based off of the cheap knockoff version. Maybe if you didn't charge $780 a month, I wouldn't have to go for the knockoff. Again, that's that's a separate conversation. I'm just talking about as the... You wouldn't want somebody to sell Rob Cheek's burgers next to your Rob Cheek burger place and sell rotted meat because it looks bad upon your business, which is very similar right next to it. You know, I mean, listen, if it doesn't have my face on the wrapper, it's not a Rob <laughs> Cheeseburger. Trust and believe. Also, I spit in every single burger. So if you don't get that special Rob spit taste, it ain't moving on. <laughs> so we, we have- only had one other thing to talk about this week. And this is giving Roberto a chance to cue it up because it's sports ball. <laughs> Sports ball. So, and there was only really one bit of sports. Oh, uh, one other thing that's not on the list. Uh, Orioles, even if we're not going to be good, can we be spoilers all season? Because that's really fun. Uh, I, like beating, the I like beating the Yankees. I like yeah. beating the A's. These, these are, this has been a fun week for the A's. But, okay, meme, uh, meme of the week, which I haven't gotten to mention yet this week, is uh, two, uh, two frames. Uh, Randy Orton leaning over the Undertaker. Undertaker has the Orioles symbol on him. And then there's Yankees and uh, uh, somebody else up A's. on the uh, yeah. A's. And then uh, 
No, no, because the, it was uh, the A's like fifteen game win streak or something. A's fifteen game win streak is Randy Orton leaning over, and then frame two, eyes open, grabbing him by the throat. <laughs> <laughs> you thought we were dead, son, but we're gonna knock that game streak down. Uh, um, so the NFL draft happened. That was uh, the other story. <laughs> yeah, the uh, and you know again looks like a great draft from the Ravens. Uh, it looks like we're going to have a lot of. Uh, exceptional players coming in and joining our team. Speaking of paying uh, an exorbitant amount for a house, the Ravens did that in the NFL draft, or will do that based on the NFL draft. I don't know if you saw the new lineman, but uh, basically <laughs> I got couches that are smaller. I got a couch in my apartment that's smaller than the lineman that they drafted. Ben Cleveland is a large man. There was a... I. Ooh. You see these offensive linemen. And, <laughs> you know, they always date women who are like four foot ten. <laughs> They're always in these pads, and you just assume that like there's a lot of pad. You remember that there was like a uh, it was like a, a page six story about Eli Manning at the beach or something oh. like that, <laughs> yeah. and they showed they showed him just without his shirt on, just like on the beach, and he looked like he had a dad bod going yeah. on. It was just yeah. like sort of like he had little bitch tits happening. Not that I should, I I I have way bigger bitch tits than Eli Manning does, but. He definitely had a little sum sum going on there. But also, uh, very white. But people were and like, the shoulders <laughs> very narrow. That's people were thing. looking at it and going like, "This is a professional athlete." Yeah, Ben Cleveland. Take a look at the picture. <laughs> That's a professional athlete. That is a large fucking man right there. And I I saw the numbers before I saw the picture, and yeah. I'm like six six. It's like three hundred. Yeah, over three hundred. And I'm picturing in my head because Big I that guy because I can't yeah. do that math. I'm picturing like uh yeah uh. I don't know, just a, just a guy with a gut. And then I go like to the picture. Tony Saragusa type? Tony Saragusa, yeah. yes. Uh, and then I scroll down, and I see the picture, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is the guy that, like, uh, you accidentally pick up the real chair, not the breakaway chair, yeah. and you hit him with it, and you're like, oh, shit, but it actually breaks. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? He, he basically looks like the mountain from Game of Thrones. I was I was trying to think of the guy's name, the mountain. He yeah. is the mountain from Game of Thrones. And the mountain is an athlete. He's like one of those like uh, extreme lifters. Or He's whatever. like a power lifter power or something. Lifter. Yeah. Uh, this guy does like a, a, a five second 40. Like <laughs> <laughs> He's going to get up off the line. And guard someone and then go downfield. Like <laughs> I always like the sports night line though of uh any play designed to have an offensive lineman run forty yards is probably ill advised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah, that forty yards is it no pads, he gets a <laughs> nobody in front of him. In shorts. In shorts, yeah. he's doing like the 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 uh the track, track positioning <laughs> to get a start. Which I also uh I think that for track runners it's to get speed. For a lineman, it's literally just like Get going, and then just momentum's going to carry you that way. You're falling the entire 40 yards. But once you get the momentum moving that way, you'll be all right. Just don't turn into a big ball like Indiana Jones or something. (laughs) You see him Uh, trip, and he just rolls the rest of the – still six flat. Crazy. Crazy how fast he did that. Uh, Took out a family of four on the other side of the track. Unfortunate, but – now, listen, I, I am not going to uh, speak to how good any of these players are that the Ravens drafted because, honest to God, I have no clue. I, I watch the draft. I don't watch college football, so I watch the draft, and I see the highlights, and I say things like, oh, this guy looks really good. And then you hear what the announcers say, like the, the draft experts, and they're always just like, you know, like, 
uh, with the sixth round selection, the Ravens select some fullback out of Michigan. And then you're like, all right. And usually sixth round means somebody who's not going to be on the team probably. Tom, but Brady, hear, Tom Brady was a sixth rounder, though? But from time to time, there's there's exceptions to that rule. But usually sixth round pick are not valuable members of your team. They'll be moving furniture uh, in a couple of years. Yeah. It? But, you know, you're watching sixth round draft highlights and uh, they're just like, this fullback could really revolutionize Baltimore's offense. And I'm just like, let's fucking go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I get so excited about the guys who like clearly will not be a part of the team going forward, but I'm still like super excited because how did this guy fall so far? How did he not go in the first round? <laughs> He's so great. <laughs> I'm just I'm seeing the, our new lineman. Uh, I say he's going to be moving couches in a couple of years, and that dude is a couch. And I'm <laughs> seeing him like working for a moving company. He just picks your couch up with one arm over his shoulder. Like, where'd you want it? Front room. Got it. Like, didn't he used to play football? <laughs> yeah, I played football for a bit. Like, what happened? No, I'm going to talk about it. Like, all right, man. I, it's, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. I was too good. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> actually, I say that, but it really what the reality is is uh. Okay, man. It's cool. <laughs> we don't have to talk about that at all. It's fine. <laughs> Even the six six is not that much taller than me. I mean, you guys, yes, you guys would be a hundred percent looking up to him. But for I mean, me, we're like on par. So I mean, listen, there's a. I think if I think if uh, I'm at five nine, so when I see somebody who's six three, I'm usually like, that's a pretty tall person. Uh, so I imagine for you, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit more than five nine. Uh, you would have the same sort of experience when you look at somebody who's you know six five, six five. See your like your uh, description of three inches as a little bit more uh, seems least, like a drunk bar girl's descriptions of three inches. Rob, I don't know that that's accurate. Rob is so tied to his six foot, like it, it like is. It, if it if it's not true, it's just everything about his life is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how tall are you? Yeah, there's no way he's 5'9". Now, he may at one point have been 5'9", but... Uh, I haven't been... I haven't been... <laughs> I haven't been... Uh, <laughs> what's the what's the proper word I'm looking for there? Well, all I know is my... I haven't been measured since then. I was going to say I haven't been lengthened since then. My, that's not right. <laughs> what, are you an infant? <laughs> <laughs> my dad was 5'10". He is now currently 5'6". Because yeah. time is a bitch and you're like gravity always wins listen uh when i was uh when i was in college i was five nine that's totally fine you're 40 you're 40 we're not in college do a new measurement let's see what this height is all right one of these days i'll i'll <laughs> you go to the doctor finally and then uh, get a measurement i'll go to the local 7-eleven and see how i stack up <laughs> see that's gonna be the best thing keep saying Five nine five nine five nine. So then, when they put out the APB for a guy who's between five four and five seven, they clearly not me. Looks homeless, might be. Couldn't be. But me. five four five seven. Definitely. I'm, not. I'm five nine. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the one last thing, just uh, as a as a tip of the cap to uh, GM Eric DaCosta of the mm-hmm. Ravens. Uh, people had asked him prior to the draft, like, so you're going to draft a wide receiver in the first round? You have to, right? Because like. Lamar needs some weapons here. Mm-hmm. And Tacosta like got really upset and he's just like, you know, we have talented guys already here. And I don't think you need to go looking for new pieces because we have a talented room and you don't need to worry about it. And then everyone's just like, Oh, maybe he's not drafting a wide receiver. And then he drafts a wide receiver. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then explains and the post draft press conference, he's just like, Yeah, 
I'm not going to tell you guys what I'm going to do. Why, is, why do you think you're going to come up to me and say, like, you drafted a wide receiver? And I'm like, sure am. Here's my list of <laughs> top flight picks. Uh, it's just not going to happen. By the way, and we got Lamar yeah. by making a late first round trade that got us a second first round pick and picking up a quarterback in the first round. Yeah. And did anybody see that coming? No. Even the guys who were doing the draft were like, the Ravens have made a trade to, to uh, come to back into the first round. Yeah. Second pick in the first round. And uh, so the Ravens are coming up. Then. And if I remember correctly, there was like n- no time on the clock, meaning the clock barely started because it like, oh, there's a trade. We pause the clock and then immediately up to pick the pit podium. In, yeah. Lamar Jackson from o- Ole, Miss? Ole Miss. Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. O- Lamar Jackson, Louisville. And I. <laughs> You knew what you were doing the whole time. Like yeah. that was well planned out. But again, he didn't go up in the pre pre trial or the pre trial. Pre trial. <laughs> the pre draft. He didn't press do Vladir <laughs> and explain how he was gonna draft Lamar Jackson. He didn't go to the pre- <laughs> the press conference beforehand and be like, So guys, you're gonna want to watch real closely because this is the plan. We're gonna get to about uh, twenty picks in. I'm gonna make a trade to get us yet another first round pick. And there's this quarterback we really got our eye on out of Louisville. We're gonna pick him up. And there's going to be six people drafted, six quarterbacks drafted before him, and he is going to outperform all of them. Just wait. I am going to try and trade in late in the first <laughs> round and hope that nobody takes advantage of me for saying I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> we really could use another pick in that round. Uh, so I'm going to try and make some moves and see what happens. I hope Whoa! I hope nobody uh, takes advantage of me. for. Hope nobody's that. listening to this press conference. Yeah. Wait, wait. Seem to be laying where, all my plans out to bear. Where are you from? WBL? Nobody's watching that. Okay, so we're good. <laughs> Baltimore Sun? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, ESPN. Fuck. God damn. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait. The Ocho. All right, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> You're on between dodgeball highlights. I think I'm fine. Oh, man. I still love the... Uh, I, I still think about that uh, guy picking up the 7-10 split from time to time. That video. <laughs> the Ginger Assassin. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if people have seen that or not, but... Uh, the closest thing to kickball cover or uh, dodgeball coverage on uh, from the movie is the announcer announcing that seven ten yeah. pickup. Where it's just like this could not be any like it's great. And if you have a regional bowling night that you go to and you see a guy pick up a seven ten, you're like, that is crazy. The way the announcer like loses his mind, it, and it's, it's not been done on TV. I get all of it, but. Still. It's legitimately difficult. I mean, like, even when it's not televised, it's legitimately difficult. It's one of the most difficult things in sports. And you <laughs> so know it's what? Like, it, it's legitimately difficult for a group of upstarts from a small gym to win the National <laughs> Dodgeball Championship against a, a national branded gym that has all the funding in the world <laughs> and led by a guy who is a well known figure. But you already know you my believe- fitness consigliere, Michelle. Do you believe in unlikelihoods? <laughs> I, I mean, I get it. I just, I feel like uh, watching that was a lot like me watching uh, a soccer game where it might be, have been the most amazing move ever. But what I saw was a guy like do a slight kick flip over his head. It dropped behind the goalie, tapped it in. And the guy's like, lose Go! <laughs> I'm like, really? Like, it's because okay. it came out of nowhere. It's exciting. That's, that's why. <laughs> That's why they get so so animated. Cool. Again, I don't think you know this, but I watched a solid 20, 25 minutes worth of uh, explainers of to what European f- football was all about. Yes, yes. And now I know everything there is to know. So go I, ahead, test me. Ask me any question. Who won the Premier League? No clue. 
Uh, I just look at uh, at uh, bowling the same way I look at soccer. If it's a sport that I could currently play, it's not that impressive. Oh, bro, we're gonna. Something tells me we're about to make a video about us playing soccer, and you're gonna regret your decision. Wait, wait, wait! Is that video gonna end with you ripping off your shirt to have a sports bra underneath <laughs> and sliding on your knees? Because I'm game. Wait, what? You're asking? Yes, that video does exist, and you know where you can find that video. This was my ability for Roberto to queue up the thing, and he's certainly not going to... Are you ready? Oh. Oh, the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on YouTube? Oh, the, uh, oh man. Listen, I set up everything except he just stumbles. If it's not the whole thing, it's, uh, uh, it's like a script. You know what? If it's, if it's not the script, it does throw me. I can't... Yeah? I don't okay. know what so, to wait, so, uh All right. You know where you could find that video, Corey? Oh, the anthem.com. Corey did the anthem.com. Oh, the anthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. Uh, you can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendCB5 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, got the uh, video with Broadway theaters coming out this week, so check that out probably on Thursday. <laughs> Bi says no. Bi-monthly posts. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> people are going to get better than non-monthly. So, <laughs> which is what it had. That. <laughs> so, uh, enjoy. Uh, I I think it, this one's going to be a little bit different from things I've done before. So I'm trying out new things. I want to see what people like and what gains uh, attention and traffic. So let's see, see what's up. And uh, I will say, no jokes, there's a video of Corey on OTHEANTH.com ripping off his shirt. with his <laughs> yeah, Doing a brandy chest, Dane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sliding on his knees. It's pretty amazing. Um, everyone should go check that out. I'm going to go find it just so I can find the link. And, uh, We're going to uh, – we will have to go out to a field and just run around for 90 straight minutes, and we'll see how, how much you enjoy your life then, how, mu- how easy it is to play soccer once you're – How about this? Um, if you pay me – several million dollars and all i have to do is work with your professional chefs and your professional training crew mm-hmm. and play a game for several 90 minutes in a row i can do that just like bowling see but there's all the work that it takes to get to that point like like for instance lionel messi considered by many to be one of the best soccer players mm-hmm, in the world mm-hmm. didn't just wake up one day and get signed to multi-million dollar contracts right. he worked his way up from junior leagues and uh, lesser leagues where they didn't have those kind of accommodations. And now he's a big, huge superstar who gets paid a lot of money. And I'm pretty sure I saw a nine-year-old from Nigeria who had played on nothing but dirt fields with like a goat skin ball truck Lionel Messi, uh, Messier, and score a goal. So Messier. what I'm saying is if you can get trucked by a guy who is nine years old from Nigeria and never played on real grass <laughs> – yeah, probably I could play that sport. I, I like I just like watching Roberto shake his head at everything you say. Wait, and what's the guy from South America who's like the uh, like the most famous soccer player in the world? Ronaldo. Ronaldinho. Ronaldo. Yeah, it's well. Like I mean, there was Ronaldo. Ronaldo McDaldo, something like that. Ronaldo McDaldo. Is that what it is? No, that's a restaurant. Um, <laughs> Ronaldo used to be a soccer player for Brazil. Yes. Yeah. I was just trying to get an eye he roll. Was, he was the best soccer player when I was in high school. Yes. Because that's why I decided to wear number nine for the soccer team. My five was unavailable. I uh, played soccer because uh, I blew my knee out playing a real sport. So I had to go <laughs> play the, a different sport where it wasn't as physically taxing. So. <laughs>
<laughs> Go so I played on. goalie. Go on with your shit. But uh, so you can find me at, at uh, Robert and Cheek and Social Networks. Make sure you check out robertandcheek.com. You can find links to all the stuff that I do. Make sure you find Roberto, producer Roberto, at RTOAZN on all your social networks. Not that it matters because the only thing he posts is stuff that's unrelated to the stuff he's doing. Uh, I sent him a gift today with a really <laughs> reaction to his first story update on Instagram in months. And it was... Something else that he found on Instagram. Now, if you're like me and you post every single day, it's fine to post those things. But to not post anything for months and then post that, I just, I don't understand. But you can find him on there. Next week, producer Brooks will be joining us (laughs) from the assault on Roberto's character that's happened. Hopefully, that will be because... I'm thankful for what you do for us, Roberto. Don't... And hopefully, producer Brooks will have to take over because producer Roberto will be shooting his uh, Star uh, (laughs) Wars-themed TikTok, and um, we'll have that to talk about the week after. But uh, RTO is the Animal Social Networks, and of course, uh, we are... Getting back to normal in L.A., so if you are shooting something and you need a very talented actor who can put up with a lot of abuse, <laughs> Arizona Acting, A-R-R-I-Z-O-N-A-C-T-I-N-G, at gmail.com. He's available for uh, basically, well, no, because you got, you got like a lot of stuff going on, actually. So uh, Just as long as it keeps him in good standing with the union, he'll consider it. <laughs> and see? True communist. I mean, not. I mean, uh, he's once in the be in the union. And uh, is that still? Does that get you on a list in Hollywood still being a communist? I don't know. Uh, I can't say anymore. So we'll find out. I guess hire him. He needs a job, or is it job? I, I don't know. It might have a soft J. Can't tell. Well, I think we've done good here today. I think we've done something. I don't know if it's good. Holding up at Stalinade. But as always, you're listening to the O the Anthem podcast, part of the O the Anthem digital network for Corey and Roberto and producer Brooks, who's once again sleeping on the job. This is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Brooks, are you okay over there? Sleeping. <laughs> <laughs>